motherfuckers welcome to episode 12 of nothing sacred 12 so i am the hater and i am here with the man of the hour he's too sweet to be sour the man with the power but man the tech man that's an intro isn't it that is an intro hate 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 so I wanted to start the show by uh, previewing what's coming up today. Uh, we have a new segment starting, that's history, and it's starting out in fine fashion, trust me. We also have five fun facts about China coming up. Plus, I'm going to give my top ten greatest hockey teams of all time, in my opinion. And we will get to all that shortly. Plus, serial killers in jail versus prison. Which is better? can be a good podcast i mean if you had to pick jail or prison i mean which one is better obviously preferably neither but also i'm not going to get into it on hockey talk but if you follow hockey at all i'm sure coaches in the nhl and i'll get to that later on near the end of the podcast because i got lots to say about that horseshit that's going on right now so with that said i just wanted to point out too before i forget that since we previewed this week i'm just going to say that next week we're going to talk about companies that secretly control the world that'll be a fun one for me and things that people quite often get wrong which is also another fun one for me and we'll have obviously more of five fun facts and one final new segment called the quiz now let me just explain this quickly every week i'm going to pick a topic either general topic or sports or tv movies whatever the case may be and we're gonna have five questions and then the following week i'll have five more questions plus the answers to the previous week so that could be fun so we're gonna call that the quiz don't ask me what the hell the first subject is for next week because I haven't got that far yet. Masturbation. When I find out, you'll find out. One more thing. I was on the interweb this evening when I got home from the daily grind, if you will. Uh, wait a second. I am having a drink of coffee. Can you hear me drinking it? Anyways, I was on the interweb. And I found this clip. It was a, I guess we'll call it a short movie clip because it was, I don't know, 25 minutes long. And it was on the history of Rick Grimes in the TV show The Walking Dead. I was watching it. I got a little nostalgic. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Rick Grimes and The Walking Dead for a couple minutes. First off, I don't know if you haven't seen The Walking Dead, then I don't know, you're probably on another planet. Even if you haven't watched the TV series, everybody's seen one or two episodes of this thing. I will confess that after episode 5 of season 9, Rick Grimes' departure, I watched the rest of season 9. Okay, I haven't watched any of season 10. I probably will, but I figure what'll happen is I'll wait till the complete season is over. Then I'll probably just sit one night and binge watch the shit out of it. In saying that, 
It's not that I hate The Walking Dead. I just found more interesting things to watch and deal with lately. And with Rick Grimes gone, man, like, okay, here's the thing. We started this whole story with Rick Grimes, okay? We followed Rick through all the bullshit that that guy went through. crazy. And I mean bullshit that this guy endured the whole he time. He almost had to chop his son's arm off. Uh, Rick, I want you to take your axe. Cut your son's left arm off right on that line. Yeah, I know. You're going to have to process that for a second. That makes sense. Still, though, I'm going to need you to do it or all these people are going to die. Then Carl dies. Then the people back home die. Ripped a guy's throat out with his teeth. Yep. That's badass. But anyways... Through all that time, Rick was around. He was the driving force of the show. And I have to say, Andrew Lincoln, wow, great job. Great job. Kudos to that guy. I, You know what? I couldn't picture anybody else ever doing the role of Rick Grimes. So, kudos to Mr. Lincoln. Which, speaking of Mr. Lincoln, He's we'll British. get... Yes. And we will get back to Mr. Lincoln in a couple minutes. You know, even when Rick got fucked over at first by Negan, even the pussy Rick, I didn't like pussy Rick, but you knew that eventually you would become badass Rick again. Even more badass though. And through the years of watching that show, Rick has become a personal hero of mine, sort of. Basically, if the zombie apocalypse was to happen tomorrow and got out of control, I want to be Rick Grimes. I don't necessarily want to go through all the shit Rick Grimes did, but... Yeah, I want to be badass like Rick Grimes. What can I say? Guy kicks ass. And again, kudos to Andy Lincoln for that one. So, and you know what? They kind of crapped out on the way that they sent him off. Because he kind of went out in a blaze of glory, but he ended up living. But then again, if anybody could live through something like that, God knows it's Rick Grimes. Which leads me to my next thought. I was watching this. And I was thinking, you know what? When these fucking Walking Dead movies come out, I'm going to actually go to the movie theater and watch them. Why? Well, because it's Rick's story continued. I will say this. After the third movie, when Rick dies, I am totally fucking finished with this show. And the fuck part of that statement is, I wouldn't be finished with that show, but they fucked up and they killed Carl. Carl. Without Carl. And Rick, there's no point. There's absolutely no point to this fucking show anymore. At all. At all. And I'm sure I haven't watched season 10 yet. But I'm sure it's like season 9 and the ghost of Rick Grimes is everywhere, so to speak, metaphorically. So, where am I going with this? Nowhere in particular. I'm just making conversation with you motherfuckers. And it just happened to be one of those things that just came to me. So, you know, we're just talking like, you know, like buds. You know, like normal people talk. So I think maybe uh, at some point down the road, I'm going to do a top 10 most badass Rick Grimes moments. Yeah. Speaking of TV, since we're talking, uh, if you haven't checked out the Titans, you need to go in the mirror right now in front of your mirror in the bathroom, wherever you have a mirror, and slap yourself in the head. And then go turn on Netflix and watch the Titans. The portrayal of Deathstroke is Bad ass as fuck. That guy is the bomb. I don't want to say too much about the Titans, but it's right up there with Doom Patrol for me. And one more thing about TV. 
Okay, I have a confession to make, motherfuckers. Here it comes. Are you ready? You better fucking grab a hold of your sister or your brother or grab a hold of a chair. If you're not sitting down, quickly sit down because I'm about to blow your mind here. Are you ready? Do it. Are you ready? Here it comes. Do it. I don't want to hear no shit from you, bud man. Motherfuckers, believe it or not, the hater... Has never watched an episode of Rick and Morty. Something wrong. Ah, 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 what I tell you. So, here's what's going to happen. We are in episode 12 now. Episode 20. I'm going to lay it down. We are going to devote a whole episode to Rick and Morty. God help me. Woo! I better like this shit. Because if I don't, well, either way, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to sit down. That gives me eight weeks. Two months. To fucking lay this shit down and watch Rick and Morty from beginning to wherever the fuck we currently are on that. And then we're going to talk about it. You happy? And and the listeners, I can't get out of this because I just did it here and now on the podcast. Oh, I'll hold you right to it. I don't care. So that's it. I want to hear no more about your bullshit. And then in episode 20, we will sit down and have a discussion about Rick and Morty. That episode will not be called episode. It'll be called Rick and Morty. Whatever, man. I'm just saying. Episode 20. That is that is eight weeks from now. That is two months. And in that two months, I will binge watch the shit out of it. I will keep my mouth shut and my opinions to myself. And then in episode 20, we'll spend a complete episode talking about Rick and Morty. And we'll see what happens. So, since we're talking... This is just a hater going, hey, shit, how's your day? Hope your day's been okay. Mine was, eh, you know, again, it's work, but I'm sure we're all the same there. Made yourself a coffee, I did. I'm sure everybody's ate by now. Good times. It's Friday, thank God it's Friday. Oops, I gave it away, now you know what day we recorded the greetings, the opening to the podcast, but whatever. I've told you before, that's part of our magic here. We record ahead. So, I know. What's up, guys? You got anything interesting to say? Really? Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like a day. Anyways, Budman. Jesus. I digress. How are you, sir? I'm all right. But, uh, yeah. Just oh, I am high, but what's new? <laughs> yeah, and I had a podcast. It, trust me, Budman is. Well, he's called Budman for fuck's sake. I'm always high. Damn right. Thank God for marijuana. That's all I got to say. Oh, and speaking of marijuana, just before we get started here. I want to give a little shout out to uh, a friend of ours who will remain anonymous, but my friend, not bad weed. Damn right. Kudos to that guy. So I guess we'll get at it. So we'll start off with In the News. It's in the news, it's in the news. Whether it's important or not, it's still in the news. It's in the f- news. So. 
Toronto teacher will stand trial on drowning death of student at Algonquin Park. Heard about this one? It's hardcore. A Toronto high school teacher who was charged in connection with the death of a 15-year-old student who drowned during a 2017 field trip to Gonklin Park will stand trial. Jeremiah Perry, a student at C.W. Jeffries Collegiate Institute, was swimming with classmates in Big Trout Lake on July 4, 2017 when he disappeared under the water. Perry was among 15 of the 32 students on the trip who had not passed a required swimming test, the Toronto District School Board said a few days later. Those who failed the test were supposed to take a second one, along with lessons at the school's pool, but that never took place. So, one year after the deadly incident occurred, Ontario Provincial Police announced a charge had been laid in the case. And that was Nicholas Mills, who is a teacher at the school and was the supervisor in charge of the overnight outing. And he was charged with criminal negligence causing death. So, in saying that, I guess you can use your own judgment. Was he uh, responsible? there's There's two things here, okay? Yep. There's two things that come into factor. Okay, if the kids didn't have their swimming lesson... That's one thing. And they fell off the boat and then they drowned. My opinion, that's the teacher's fault because the kids should have went home. Shouldn't even been there. But at the same time, if they were just hiking through a fucking Algonquin and they weren't doing any portaging or whatever, that kid didn't pass the swimming test and he fucking knew it. Yeah, and that kid wasn't the only one. So he went out there swimming, being a fucking idiot, and then disappeared. But I wonder how long it took this this teacher to fucking find out that this kid was missing, though. That's another thing. Well, apparently a jury is going to uh, listen to the case, and we'll see what will happen. And by the way, this case against the teacher, it returns to court on January 9th. So, when this thing is done, I will try to give everybody an update on... uh, What happened? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's... Me personally, I think it's obviously a tragedy and it's senseless. And I say, yeah. You know what? The teacher should stand trial, I guess. I don't know. The school should be at fault here, too, a little bit. Because it said there that they were supposed to give them a second test and swimming lessons at the school pool. Right. But it never happened. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it'd be interesting to uh, to watch as it, as it unfolds. So For sure. Yeah, I'll give an update on that at some point for sure. So I guess that's in the news. It's, it's on the net. net. Do you know what's on the net? Two things. First off, those annoying motherfuckers. Fucking ads! When you're watching a TV show or a fucking movie and every goddamn two, three minutes, bloop! Oh, you're at a really good part. Oh, you have to watch this ad for 10 seconds before you can skip it. I know. You see the little box? It's like, fuck. Oh, I know. That's annoying as shit. I know there's nothing we can do about it, but I just wanted to bring it up because it pisses me off. It never used to be like that on YouTube. I know. It's it's only very recently that that shit has started to happen. Maybe in the past year, I've really personally started to notice that shit. Oh, no. It started in in like the early 2000s. Well, whatever. I never really noticed it that bad until 
and about a year ago when it seemed More like, like all of a sudden, 2000s. when it all of a sudden became like every goddamn two minutes. Fucking pisses me off. You know what else pisses me off? They might be cute. Oh, and some of them are cute, I guess. And oh, they might be fun. You know what? Fucking emojis have gotten out of control on the fucking internet. Now everything has a goddamn emoji. All I'm going to say is this. You know what? If you didn't have your goddamn cell phones, what would we be doing right now? Would it be like Blue's Clues? We'd be like, Steve, let's get out our handy dandy notebook and our big giant crayon and we'll draw our feelings and show it to each other. You know what? In the old days, you know what you did? You fucking opened up your goddamn mouth. And you said what you were feeling. You didn't sit there and go, oh wait, I need a piece of paper and a pen. Oh, oh I gotta draw down my feelings and my emotions. You know what? Like I said, some of them are cool, some of them are cute, because you could put a little heart on the end of a message and send it to your girlfriend. Oh, that's so sweet. But you know what? Mojis have gotten out of fucking control. Fuck emojis. I'm out. <laughs> Tristan Jari, netminder for the pen, spoiled Phil Kessel's return to Pittsburgh on Friday night, turning aside all 33 shots to post his second consecutive shutout as the Pens edged the Coyotes 2-0. The Colorado Avalanche beat the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 on Thursday night for their fifth straight win. The Avalanche square off with the Boston Bruins on Saturday night. The Sens assigned defenseman Eric Brandstrom to the AHL on Thursday, the team announced. The Jets grabbed forward Nick Shore off waivers from the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday. Speaking of the Pens, Pens forward Patrick Hornquist is dealing with a knee injury and is expected to miss around a month. The Pens have been ravaged by injuries this season including Sidney Crosby, Justin Schultz, and Brian Dumoulin. Former Toronto Maple Leafs and Calgary Flames forward Matt Stajan officially announced his retirement from professional hockey on Tuesday after 14 seasons. Stajan suited up in 1,003 NHL games. He finished with 147 goals and 264 assists. The Montreal Canadiens assigned netminder Keith Kincaid to their HL affiliate after he went unclaimed on waivers before last Tuesday's deadline. The current leaders as of this recording. Points. Dry sight over the Oilers with 53. Goals. Say it. Say it. Pasternak. Other Bruins with 25. Assists. Dry sight over the Oilers with 34. The plus minus leaders. Carlson of the Capitals with a plus 20. Power play points leader. McDavid with 23. Face off percentage leader. Claude Giroux of the Flyers with a 60.8. Goalies. Wins. Holtby of the Caps with 15. Goals against average. Jari of the Pens with a 1.82. Save percentage leaders, Jari with a 943. Uh, shots against Riddich of the Flames, this poor guy. It's now up to 760. And shutouts, Pecorene of the Preds with three. The division leaders in the East, it's still the Bruins. They're 23-6 with 46 points in the Metro. The Caps still lead it with 
a record of 22, 4, and 5 with 49 points in the Central. The Blues keep rolling with an 18, 6, and 6 record with 42 points. And in the Pacific, the Oilers are holding on 18, 10, and 3 with 39 points. That is hockey talk. That's history. Turkeys were once worshipped like gods. The turkey is currently everyone's favorite part of the Thanksgiving and Christmas meal. But in 300 BC, these big ugly birds were heralded by the Mayan people as vessels of the gods and were honored as such. They were domesticated to have roles in religious rites. They were symbols of power and prestige. And that is history. Wait, 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 wait. So if you owned one, you were like powerful? No, they were a symbol of power. And prestige. So yes, if you owned one, I guess I guess everyone looked at you okay, and went, Wow, he's powerful. Wow. Five fun facts about China. Number four. The Chinese New Year celebration lasts for 15 days. Number four. In China, every year is represented by one of 12 animals. Three. You can buy green bean flavored ice pops in China. Two. In ancient China, soldiers sometimes wore armor made from paper. Number one. Put together all of China's railway lines and it could loop around the earth twice. twice. Next week, five fun facts about your memory. Showtime, motherfucker. I just wanted to go back for a second to that history. Just thinking about the turkeys. Oh, just when I did the research. People, if you can find this clip on YouTube, you have to check it out. It's an episode of WKRP where the character of Les Nessman gets the idea to throw live turkeys out of an airplane for Christmas. And, or for Thanksgiving, sorry. And basically, the scene goes as he describes... You know, the, the turkeys coming down out of the sky. And then the mayhem and chaos that ensues when they smash into vehicles and on the concrete. Because Les couldn't figure out that turkeys couldn't fly. It's some funny shit. Just saying WKRP in Cincinnati. You need to check that shit out. Well, the best, the thing that's I find even better, like, this is my deity. It has a nutsack on its chin. Very godlike. Come on, haven't you seen that nutsack on Hercules' neck? Yes. <laughs> that's not a growth, man. That's his nuts. Come on. Every god has nutsacks on his fucking chin. <laughs> Anyhow. That, that last fact, that last fun fact about China, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, think about that, man. That's nuts. That's like... Wow, they must have trains on top of trains. Well, you figure that's that's like their main transportation. Right? Yeah, it was people that shove people that get paid to shove people into trains. That's great. Could you imagine yep. that shit in New York? It start fucking fights and riots. Just kick me, motherfucker! Like, can you imagine? And people in China get paid to do that shit. You know what? Literally, like kick you and hold you in the train so the door shuts you know what that would be one of the best jobs in the world for me i would love that fucking job i wouldn't even care if it was minimum wage 
Yeah, who cares, man? You get to fucking kick people. And... If you're having a shitty day, you literally just whip old ladies into the fucking subway. Who cares? That's <laughs> your job, right? That's fucking the shit. Fucking, you know, people. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be so fucking cool. Seriously. Well, I guess we'll go on. It's now time for another edition of Common Sense or Lack of. In this week's edition of Common Sense or Lack of, first off, let's talk about stupid fucking co-workers. To make a long story short, because of this stupid dipshit where I work the other day, I got injured. It wasn't anything serious, but it was because this stupid shit was not paying attention to what he was doing. Look, and if you're going to go to work, don't take Molly before you get there. Second, this HSR strike coming up, I believe it's coming up on the 19th. Is it legit? Yeah, they're going to go on strike. Does that like mean no buses? It's going to mean very limited bus service, to my understanding. Nice. Look it. They want more money. Putting that aside, here's the thing that blew me away about this. Not only are they fighting for more money, like most people do when they go on strike. Here's the part that blew me away. One of the things they're fighting for? A right to have bathroom breaks while they work. What? That's right. You all heard me. Is that real? That is real. Well, I guess they drive buses, right? Okay, but when you're at work, dude... You should still be able to stop and have fucking Can you stop what you're doing? to take a piss yes or to take a shit yes you shouldn't have to fight for that man that's fucked I up i bet you i bet you there's drivers that have like piss bottles taped onto their dicks when they go in that's fucked up man that's why they they're, they're when you see them stop to run into tim hortons to take a piss or shit they're actually not supposed to do that like that's fucked. what the fuck uh, i'm driving a bus for eight hours today and no i can't get off it to take a piss or a shit that's fucked is that in their contract i wonder that's fucked up but anyways that's it for common sense or lack of you have been listening to another edition of common sense or lack of or maybe we could call it what the fuck so it's time for another segment of top 10 i'm going to give you my pick, the top 10 greatest hockey teams of all time. All time! This is in my opinion, mind you. So, again, if you don't agree, or you agree, or you just want to put in your two cents, where can they do that, bud man? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and now our website at www.nothingsacredpodcast.simplesite.com com. It's a simple site. It's easy to get to. There you go. So, let's start with number 10. The 1973-1974 Philadelphia Flyers. The first of the 1967 expansion teams to win a Stanley Cup. They combined smarts and grit and toughness and they ripped through the league and they upset the big bad Bruins in six games of the final that year. Their record was 50 wins, 16 losses, 12 ties for 112 points. A couple notable Hall of Famers on that team. Uh, Ed Snyder, 
who was the owner, Fred Shiro, the coach, Bobby Clark, the captain, Bill Barber, and of course, the great Bernie Perrant, who made the saves when it counted most, and they won the Stanley Cup that year. Number the 1971-1972 Boston Bruins. The Big Bad Bruins. They were a force back then and they had players like the great Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito. Man, much like the Flyers, they had strength, they had size, and they had skill. Really good team. Number eight. The 1962-1963 Toronto Maple Leafs. They were third in the league in goals against and second in goals for, but they still finished atop the regular season standings and ran through the Stanley Cup final five games. They had a record of 35 wins, 23 losses, 12 ties. Uh, Notable players included the great Frank Mahovlich, George Armstrong, Red Kelly, Tim Horton, and Johnny Bauer. Number the 1984-1985 Philadelphia Flyers. This team has a special place in my uh, in the cockles of my heart. Uh, they had a great team. They went all the way to the finals that year. Uh, the great Pelly Lindbergh was just emerging as a force, a first Swedish goaltender, by the way, to win a uh, Vesna Trophy for goaltender of uh, the year some would consider they're one of the greatest flyer teams of all time they had a great coach uh, Mike Keenan and basically the only other team that was more dominant than them at the time was the Edmonton Oilers which don't worry they're on the list a couple times here coming up uh again you know uh some players of note on that team was Tim Kerr Brian Propp Dave Poulin, Mark Howe, and as I said, Pelly Lindbergh. They lost in the Stanley Cup Final to Edmonton that year. Number 6. The 1995-96 Detroit Red Wings. They did fail to win a championship that year, but they had one of the greatest teams in NHL history. Even though Colorado put them out in the conference final, the record that they had was absolutely ridiculous. They were 62 wins, 13 losses, 7 ties. Damn! For 131 points. Notable and future Hall of Famers included Steve Iserman, Igor Larionov, Dino Cicerelli, Paul Coffey, Nick Lidstrom, Scotty Bowman, the coach, Sergei Fedorov. The list goes on and on. They were uh, a force to be reckoned with. Number 5. The 1987-88 Edmonton Oilers. This is the first and not the last Edmonton Oilers team on this list. If you watched hockey, grew up with hockey in the 80s like I did, you are hard-pressed to tell me of any greater dynasty in hockey ever or really any other better team in hockey ever. We will touch on this team again. So, I will leave it at this. The 87-88 Oilers were in the middle of their their reign. Their dynasty, if you will. And when you have guys like Yerry Curry, Mark Messier, Grant Furinet, and obviously Wayne Gretzky, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, you know that's a team that's going to make this list more than once. 
Number four, four. the 1991-92 Pittsburgh Penguins. These guys, they were shit for a long time. But then they got Mario Lemieux, and things slowly started to turn around. And by 91-92, Pittsburgh, they were ready, and they took the Stanley Cup. They had notable players like Mario Lemieux, Rick Tockett, guys like that. Number three, the 1982-83 New York Islanders. The New York Islanders, this season, this was their fourth championship in a row. They still hold a record, this team, for 19 straight consecutive playoff wins. Four Stanley Cups in a row, and they got to the finals and went for a fifth one, which would have tied a record with the Montreal Canadiens, but... It didn't happen, but that's another story. But the 82-83 New York Islanders had probably the most pure goal scorer in history. Mike Bossy, they had Trottier, they had Gillies. Of course, they had battling Billy Smith in net. And that year, by the way, that I'm referring to, 1982-83, they went to the finals and they kicked Edmonton's ass in the finals. But Wayne Gretzky later said that that was a turning point for the team. Because when they lost the Stanley Cup to the New York Islanders, they obviously didn't want to experience that feeling again. Number 2. The 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens. You knew there had to be a Canadian Montreal Canadian team in here somewhere. I could have picked from a lot of different Montreal teams. But this is the team... That I am most familiar with, especially as a child. The 76-77 Montreal Canadiens. Again, this is a team that was in the middle of yet another dynasty. One of many in this team's history. But it's the record in the regular season of this team that impresses you the most. 60 wins, 8 losses, 12 ties. That was a record for the longest time. Until, obviously, the Detroit Red Wings came along. And uh, if you want reference to what I'm talking about, look back at number six for the answer to that. This team included such powerhouses as Guy Lafleur, The Flower, Steve Shutt, Larry Robinson, Savard, Ganey, Carboneau. Yeah. The Flower. Yeah, that's what they called him. Guy Lafleur, Lafleur. That guy must have been hard as fuck. That guy was one of the craziest goal scorers in league history. And a Hall of Famer, I might add, with good Just reason. Just had to throw that in there. And, of course, they had the octopus in the net, Ken Dryden, who, if you listen to previous podcasts, I've stated was basically he was the guy... That I was like, wow, I want to play hockey. I want to be just like him. Number one. The 1984-1985 Edmonton Oilers. After losing the Stanley Cup the previous year to the New York Islanders, the Oilers came out in 1984-85 to prove a point. And did they ever. This team is significant for the fact that it started the reign. That Edmonton had. The dynasty that they had in the 80s. Obviously Gretzky was at. You know his his greatest power. Again I mentioned them before. Curry, Messier. 
They had Andy Moog and Grant Fuhr and that. You know, they just had Kevin Lowe was coming into his own. They, uh, yeah. Like, wow, you could go on and on and on and on and on. Again, they're the Edmonton Oilers. And they're the Edmonton Oilers of the 80s. In particular, 1984-85. Before I close this, I just want to make a few honorable mentions. The 1954-55 Detroit Red Wings, the 1995-96 Colorado Avalanche, the 1988-89 Calgary Flames, the 1998-99 Dallas Stars, and the 2009-10 Chicago Blackhawks. Next top 10 will be the top 10 NHL goaltenders of all time. That's it. That's all. And now it's time for In Conversation with the Tech Man, but man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hater, I work in a pretty dangerous place, just like you. And uh, one, one of the tools that I use is a chisel. You'd be surprised how many dumb motherfuckers come in and don't know how to use a fucking chisel with a hammer. I'm not saying like a fucking advanced chisel where it's like you attach to a gun. No. This is a chisel with a plastic guard to protect your hand. People don't know the fucking difference to put their hand underneath the fucking guard. Instead of on top where you fucking swing the hammer and it connects. How many motherfuckers I've had to train how to use a fucking chisel? A goddamn fucking crowbar? Or... A fucking rake or a goddamn fucking broom is retarded, okay? Like, if you don't know how to fucking sweep, you don't need to be in the workforce. Like, holy shit. And the worst part is, is you'll tell them, like, man, you gotta use it this way or else you're gonna fucking break your hand. And then you look over, and they're using it the exact same fucking way they are using it before you told them. These people are annoying. Or people that you work with, and they get paid the same as you, but do fuck all. And let's put this into example, okay? It happens. Okay. So let's say you work at Tim Hortons. You're the only competent motherfucker there. Which, you know what? This is a common story, but It is a common story. You're the only competent motherfucker there, and everybody else around you is stupid as fuck, talks to everybody, and doesn't know how to take a fucking order correctly, stir coffee, put sugar in coffee, fucking put milk, you, you name it, they just don't know how to fucking do it. And half of them are going to fucking school and don't know how to fuck. You know what? I'm going to put out a little call out here to a Tim Hortons in this town. And it's not a very good call out. Hey, I don't know what dumbass was fucking working this morning at the Tim Hortons at the Barton Center. God knows there's a lot of them there. My coffee tasted like dishwater this morning, you stupid fucking bleep. So, imagine you're the only competent person. Everybody else around you is just stupid. 
you're working your fucking ass off because that's customer service. Meanwhile, the guy on the cashier beside you has got a thumb up, one thumb up his ass and a finger up his nose. That's pretty much what it's like. Welcome to Tim Hortons, apparently. So, yeah. That's all I want to talk about. It's just something that's been pissing me off. Like, common fucking sense. Like, if a tool looks like you should use it this way, you should probably fucking use it that way. Problem is, it sounds like you got a tool using a tool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's fucked up. Like, fuck, man. Let me guess. This fucking idiot is a temp, right? Yeah. Bam! Knew it. Yeah, man. Temp. I've trained so many temps in the past fucking four weeks, man. I'm done. I'm done. At this point, their name is Hi, You, Cracker. I don't give a fuck. Go stand in the corner. Those are the names that I give temps. That's harsh, man. Well, honestly... Take it from someone that's used to being a temp. There's oh, I two, know, man. There's two kinds of temps in this world. Ones that work their asses off. There aren't a lot of them. And ones that don't do shit. There's a lot of them. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. When I meet a temp, for the first week, I don't learn their name. Oh, dude, when I'm at work, I'm the same way. Don't even talk to me for the first two and weeks. And for the cause... first week, I get them to do bitch work because... You know what? If you can't do the bitch work, you're not staying for the good work. This is true. That's a good point. That's all I got for in conversation with Budman. Unless you got some to add on to it, Hayden. Not really. I mean, you really didn't poke the bear nearly as much as I thought you were going to. I'm surprised. I actually don't have much to say after that, believe it or not. And normally, lately... That doesn't seem to be the case with your segments. Fuck! I'm done. Just gonna pack a bong here before we get into our topics here, hater. Are we recording? We are recording. I am currently breaking up some delicious looking god butt. This is my grinder. So, I've been, uh, I bought a chisel a couple days ago, hater. Okay. And I've been walking around to everybody that I know, just random people, that I don't think I've ever used a chisel. And I would hand them this chisel and be like, hold this. Okay. 95% of them, well, all of them actually, would hold this chisel correctly. It's a chisel, man. So, what does that tell you about temps? Going back to Budman, in conversation with Budman, what does that tell you about stupid fucking temps? Oh, man. Fuck. Everywhere you go now. Any job you're at now. It's pretty much everybody hires temps now because it's the cheap-ass way to go. And if they don't work out, who cares? Because you got a million more. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, because we have one smoke, buddy. At the moment, we have to go buy another one, but as of this recording, we're basically too goddamn lazy. So we're sharing one. But, uh, so, I guess I'll start sure, if you our want. topics into serial killers. That's right. 
as uh, Russell Williams. He was a former Ontario colonel. He was the colonel of one of the largest Canadian military bases. And his body count was about four. He performed flights for the Queen, the Prime Minister, and high-up officials. And he was only caught because they literally found treads at the scene of the crime that were personalized treads. Tired treads. And when they caught him, he was driving the same truck as the night of the murder. And the Canadian military disowned him. And he confessed to 82 different crimes ranging from simple break-ins to murders. He confessed to burying bodies eight minutes away from his home. And this sick fuck would take women's panties as trophies when he killed them. I remember that guy. But he would do all these crimes in between, like, flying the queen and fucking these high-up officials. It was fucked up. <coughs> oh, sorry, good pot. I remember that guy. I know I know a couple people that used to live right down the road from him. Yeah, I remember this guy. And he was a pretty big embarrassment on uh, the military, needless to say. For sure. But uh, I do remember that. That was... Several years ago now, but yeah, I was pretty messed up. Especially the people that lived in the area where it happened, like the Trenton area and that. Wow, those people there, they're not used to a lot of publicity because their area sucks ass. So, I remember when it happened, it was a little chaotic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I would say that's one of the more recent ones. But, uh, anyways, I'm going to start with the original because, uh... You have to bring him up, and that's Jack the Ripper, who terrorized London in 1888, killing at least five women and mutilating their bodies in an unusual manner, indicating that uh, the killer had a substantial knowledge of the human anatomy. We, most of us, know the story, but uh, this story really fascinates me because it remains one of England's and the world's most infamous fucking crimes. All five killings took place within a mile of each other in or near the Whitechapel district of London's East End from August 7th to September 10th, 1888. Wow, like so much was going on back then. And it was such a big shock to everybody. Just the way these murders were done. His last victim wasn't even like, you couldn't even comprehend who she was. Yeah, yeah, That you know what? I know there's documentaries and stuff and everybody has theories. My basic theory on this sick fuck is he, obviously he had some kind of... <coughs> sorry, good He lead. had some kind of surgical uh, background. Smooth. He knew how to use the scalpel. I think he didn't get caught because he went to prison for something else. I think he was doing more than just killing vet, these women. That what? think he was a veterinarian. Yeah, you never know. Back then, they had to have skills with a scalpel too, just like a normal doctor. I don't know. You can look it up for hours, I know, blah, 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 blah. But I just wanted to bring it up because he is the original fucking serial killer. Anyways. Well, I've got Wayne, Wayne Booted, the vampire rapist. He was given the name because of the obsessive bite marks on his victims in the late 60s and early 70s. He would find women that were looking for a more dominant man for a one-night stand. He would follow them home or be taken home by these women. 
He would travel to Montreal to find his victims. How he was caught? Guess how? His bite marks, because each person has a unique bite mark impression that is usually registered at any visited dentist office. This was Canada's first conviction with a dental record. His body count was four. Sounds very Canadian. Yeah. For some reason. But, uh, yeah. Well, another character that, you know, somebody was going to bring up. I know you have the Canadian flavor, so I'm not really uh, going for that in this episode. Because you got that covered. But one of the most fascinating ones is the Zodiac Killer. And we all know about this guy. The killer fashioned this name of himself in taunting letters he sent to the Bay Area Press. Yeah, he went so far as he he had uh, messages that he sent that had to be decoded. He sent to fucking newspapers and shit. This guy is like a villain. Yeah, he's like a he real was like life literally super like villain. yeah, it was a real life. He even super dressed villain. up like one man. He claimed to have killed thirty seven, but really only seven were actually confirmed. But he was never caught. Yeah, and this case is still open. There's a great movie about it, The Zodiac. You should check it out. It's pretty good. So my next one is David Kruger. His real name was Peter Woodcock. He was from uh Peterborough. Ontario and uh, he was 17 during the time of his murders his body count was four and he was arrested in 1957 and his childhood he was given up for adoption was moved around until his first murder in 1957 when he killed a seven-year-old kid and went on to kill two more at a beach in Toronto when he was committed to prison he gained a three-day pass in 1991, and he killed again even though he was under supervision, and he died in 2010 wow. from skin cancer doing his second life sentence, which he was convicted to three. So before we continue this bantering back and forth of who's got the better serial killers, let us bring up a couple questions first. Could you imagine, man, if you were a neighbor of one of these sick motherfuckers that buried a bunch of bodies in, like, their backyard and in their garden and, like, you didn't even fucking know because it's happened? Could you imagine being... And you notice that all the neighbors in that situation say the same thing. He was such a quiet, nice He's man. He's such a quiet guy, yeah. Anytime I had interaction with him, he was so nice. Yeah. Or he was so charming. It couldn't be. I don't believe it. People see the corpses coming out in bags and they're like, they're still in denial because this guy was so good at wowing. He bang over cookies. Wanna know what was in those cookies? Human body parts. Bum, bum, bum. Well, that's why psychopaths, right? Or most of them are actual serial killers because they're methodical that way and they don't give a fuck. Especially in the case of ted bundy now this guy was an absolute fucking american serial killer to the extreme because he was a kidnapper and a rapist and he was into necrophilia oh he operated in various states in the u.s and he confessed to killing 30 women he revisited the crime scenes and indulged in sexual acts with the corpses 
Bundy decapitated at least 12 of his victims Jesus. and kept their heads as trophies in his apartment. Bundy died on the electric chair in 1989. His own defense attorney said, Ted was the very definition of heartless evil. And he was the typical guy next door and he was charming. Everybody loved Ted. And he is one of the most famous fucking That's serial scary, killers of all time. Your neighbors could be serial killers. Well, especially if you're in America, man, because there's so many of them. Like here, you don't hear of them every day, right? Does your neighbor stay out late at night? Mine. In garden? Of course he does. Of course. You gotta watch out for that guy. It's the quiet ones, eh? Yeah. But before you go on to your next one, I just wanted to bring up one more thing, actually, as we move along. Like, you have to think. And I only know this, and yes, you can laugh and whatever. But I kind of figured this out along the way as I've been reading Batman books through the years. What is that single moment? You know, when you look into the serial killer phenomenon. Like, what is that one single moment where a person just goes, You know what? I'm just going to start killing motherfuckers. And it plan is, it, it out. Curious. And, like, wow. Because everybody has a starting point, right? At least that's what you're safe to assume. Even psychopaths who have no feelings. There, There's always some kind of an event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. So Alan Legg, his body count was five plus. So his name was, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this right because it's a Quebec city or a Quebec fucking town. The monster of Miramichi. His story... Starts in 1986 when him and two other men broke into a shop and beat a man and his wife. He beat the man to death and pretty much raped his wife and beat her near to death. When she found the police, the police grabbed him. They convicted him. He only served one year before he was sent to a hospital for to treat an ear infection. While he was in the hospital, he convinced the police to let him go to the bathroom alone, and he made a weapon out of TV parts, fought off a group of police officers with a small shiv, and escaped the hospital, hijacked two cars, and evaded his arrest. He was on the run for seven months, and in 1989, he killed four more people throughout the span of the seven months he was on, and... He was captured and is spending five life terms in a high-security prison. Well, then there's uh, always Dennis Rader, the BTK murderer. This guy, he's a special something, too. Between 1974 and 1991, Dennis Rader murdered ten people in Wichita, Kansas. He even sent letters to police taunting them under his alias name. BTK, which stood for Bind, Torture, Kill. His technique was to stalk his victims before breaking into their homes, binding their limbs, and finally strangling them. He disappeared in 1988, but re-emerged around 2005, when he sent a floppy disk to the press, which helped in tracing him. Raider confessed to his crimes and is serving 10 consecutive life sentences. With the earliest release date possible on February 26th, 2180 so obviously this sick fuck is never getting out of jail well prison sorry oh there is a difference we'll get into that soon enough yeah i don't know i don't i don't fucking try to understand them i'm not a psychologist 
But they are fascinating for sure because just from a psychological standpoint, you know, as much as some of these crimes are atrocious as shit. Like, how do you go through with that shit? Although it takes a special person, man, to do, like, CSI shit and crap like that, for sure. So, Leopold Dion, his body count was four. While in prison, he what was stabbed to death. What is it with death. four? I don't know. It was, it's an equal number. I don't know. But while in prison, he was stabbed to death, so let's keep that in mind. He's not alive anymore, thank fucking Christ. But him and his brother raped a young woman, and his brother went to jail for it. Or prison, sorry. But he changed his M.O. to little boys and posed as a photographer to lure his victims in. One boy managed to escape to tell his parents, and Leopold was caught. See, even in Canada, we have our share, fair share of sick fucks. Oh, yeah. It's nothing like America, though. And, hey, let's not forget about Paul Bernardo and fucking... That skank fucking homo. But he assaulted 21 young boys, man. Yeah. Damn. Like I said, think about Paul Bernardo and fucking Carla Homolka. And that bitch is now living in another country free. I mean, we all basically know the story, the plea bargain that at the end of the day didn't make a difference anyways. And uh, how Paul Bernardo obviously is rotting in prison for the rest of his godforsaken life see here's the thing shitheads like paul bernardo when you know without a shadow of a doubt that he is guilty then i say you know what they are the cases where we need to save some taxpayer money and bring back capital punishment there i said it (laughs) i said it i'm sorry but a fucking idiot like that is a waste of space man he's a waste of oxygen and a waste of taxpayers' money. Because you're never rehabilitating a no. motherfucker like that. It's not happening. Ever. And how that bitch fucking basically got away 12 years. I'm out of jail. Woo! I'm fucking remarried, living in goddamn wherever the fuck she is. Because she can't be in Canada, God knows. No. Fucking, yeah. Anyways, like, how could you do that to your own sister? Like, you sick, twisted bitch you telling me 12 years is gonna fix that there's no fix in that i digress go ahead so this one's uh one that kind of comes across as he should have been sent to jail but whatever self-proclaimed demon hunter rice what his name is rice rice as in r-i-c-e kind of shit yeah he would target gay men and hook up bars for gay people and he would pose as a gay man and when he lured the men back to their cars or his car, he would attack them to carry out the murder. He tried to run to Mexico, and he managed to kill a man in New York on his way there. He was caught just outside the border and sent back to be on trial in Halifax. It said he did his deeds because he was confused about his own sexuality. In court, he said he was sent from God to kill and smite these demons and was never sent to prison but sent to a loony bin to sentence out his rehabilitation and then once he was rehabilitated he was going to be sent to the states to be fucking trialed and probably fucking sent to prison or jail for the murder in new york that guy's fucked up yeah for sure that's one of those like what that guy was like i need I can't go to jail. Looney bin, buddy. You gotta get me in a loony bin. Well, it's like the Green River Killer, right? Kind of the same type deal at the end of the day. <clears throat> Wasn't he, like, 
electrocuted in the chair though oh they got him eventually for sure but this is a guy that kept going around oh i'll give you details where there's more bodies more bodies oh keep my stay of execution look at there's we could go on about these crazy motherfuckers me personally i just wanted to make a couple more dishonorable mentions here jeffrey dahmer we, we all pretty much know about that guy i would think oh yeah yeah and john wayne gacy oh you know what i don't know how you don't know about this fucking creep either but if for some reason you don't look it up on the interweb you will be horrified by what you find out but i'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is too i just wanted to make a couple dishonorable mentions there and i wanted to mention you know as a serial killer would the influence of movies like Friday the 13th or Halloween have an effect on how you fucking see the world and do things? Or does that just depend on how psychotic well, and crazy you actually are? Look at these idiots. You know what I'm like, saying? Remember in the 2000s? Or was it like the early 2010s when these idiots were dressing up as clowns and fucking walking around yeah. terrorizing people because they saw it on YouTube? Yeah, I remember that. And I also remember that a dude in the UK had decided that this phenomenon, as it was going on there, he was going to dress up as Batman and find these guys and beat the shit out of them. I remember that. There was a big thing in the UK about that. But yeah, because that was happening in different countries. Yeah. That fucking clown shit. I remember that. Pretty fucking creepy. You want to know what's more creepy? What's that? Gilbert Gordon. 10 plus. That was his body count. So, he was directly tied to eight women's deaths, but only served nine years due to only being charged of one count of manslaughter. The only way he did this was because back when he was convicted, alcohol poisoning, like, wasn't a fucking thing, really. Even though the alcohol level of the victims were way too high for them to consume that much alcohol without help. A thousand ways to die. He would, he would lure women back from bars to a hotel where he would give them all the free booze that they wanted until they passed out. And then he would put a tube down their throat and force feed them more alcohol until they died of fucking alcohol poisoning. That's one sick motherfucker. Yeah, for sure. Just going back to uh, the fucking hollywood thing for a minute could you imagine if a motherfucker like michael myers actually existed talk about fucking the ultimate slasher slash serial killer fucking holy shit that'd be scary could you imagine that shit yeah that'd be like to have that chasing you man i'd be screaming like jamie lee curtis too Ah! so i probably wouldn't be tripping over shit no, I'd be trying to throw some better yeah. or something in front of me as much as humanly possible. Even though in the movie the guy like takes a bullet to the fucking chest and shit. That's what makes him even scarier, right? Man. You know what's scary too? What? Have you heard about the dude that stabs and kills coffee cups? Really? Yeah, yeah, check this shit out. Welcome, Welcome to another, another edition, edition of Front, front page, page Documentaries. Hard Cutting Edge Documentaries. This week, a documentary hosted by Leon Footstool. Now we present the documentary, The Man Who Hated Coffee Cups. Leon Footstool here at Stonewall Jail in Buttfuck, Iowa, awaiting to see a well-known local man who assaulted a police officer. During the assault, he stabbed the police officer's 
takeout coffee cup repeatedly with a exacto knife. He believes he has been imprisoned for assaulting a takeout coffee cup. We are here to talk to him and set the record straight while he was doing his 10 month sentence. Here comes a guard now. Excuse me, sir. But you're not permitted to go in until we do a strip search. Wow! Okay, folks, we'll be right back. 20 minutes later! Wow! That wasn't so bad. I've been probed by worse. I think someone's coming now. Are you the coffee cup killer? Who's asking? Leon Footstool! There's no way that's your real name. Sir, I assure you, that is my full and legit name. Leon Footstool. Give it at birth. Wish you were a coffee cup. Sir, when did you first know that you wanted to hurt coffee cups? I don't hurt coffee cups, mofo. I kill coffee cups. I'm a killer! Do you know how many coffee cups I've killed? You have no idea. The police, I can't believe it. They haven't made the connection with all my other kills. Bitch, I've killed over 200 coffee cups. Guaranteed. Now, when you go out looking for coffee cups, what is your M.O.? I don't like them. The hell do you need to know? They killed my brother, okay? You happy? You made me say it. They killed my brother. F coffee cups. F them. So, on my way in to this lovely jail, I noticed there were signs saying there are no coffee cups allowed in this building. Is this true? If it's out in the front of the building, mother it must be true. So, I happened to bring this in. Ugh. I gotta pass the guards just for you. Is that a coffee cup, mother It's a takeout coffee cup. You know what, fool? This plexiglass wasn't here. I would shred that mother cup to pieces. To pieces! What if I You'd be said... witness to a murder, bitch. What if I said I had... A styrofoam one. Hey man, no one cares about styrofoam anymore. It ain't even murder. That's like kicking your dog in the privacy of your own home. No one needs to see it, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Wow! So how did your brother die? Why well, God bring that up? Well, it's our job as a reporter. Maybe I don't report. want to talk about it. I have a degree in sociology. Because he had to go back get that mother coffee replaced because some dumb bitch couldn't get his order right it was a stormy night blizzard he didn't see the snow plow he wouldn't have had to been there if he hadn't gone to get his goddamn coffee replaced i vowed since that day to get even with coffee cups wow that's one hell of a story you know what? I like the feel of my blade in my hand as I run up to some unexpected victim holding a dirty takeout coffee cup. Satan's coffee cup!
That's what they are. They're Satan's coffee cups. And when I run up, I pull out my knife. And I jab it into that side of that cup. And I watch the coffee slowly bleed out the side of it. Gives me satisfaction knowing that I'm killing that coffee cup. Wow. And then I run away. Leaving the horrified person holding that cup. Standing there going, what the hell just happened? That guy just committed murder. He killed my coffee cup. Police, police. And I'm long gone. Wow. I swear to Christ almighty. I've murdered hundreds of coffee cups. Left them laying on the ground. Threw them in garbage pails. Left them in my car. Evidence in my car and in my truck. At work. Everywhere I leave bodies. It's ridiculous. These cops, they're dumb. During your trial. Assault on an officer. Ridiculous. You were charged with assault on a police officer. No. No, that's what they called it. But what it really was, was assaulting a coffee cup, causing death. Get it right. And I only did 10 months. This state is stupid because I'm going to go out and I'm going to kill more coffee cups. I can't stop. Wow. Thank you for your time. Gee, go suck a donkey dick, bitch. Wow. I'll be back. Let's I'll be back. I to get your goddamn hands Let's off go. me. Police brutality. What Panther? This has been Leon Footstool from Front Page Documentaries. And that has been another hardcore documentary by Front Page Documentaries. I like to say documentaries a lot. It's a documentary. Next week we will be presenting Forbidden Love. The love story of a cat and a donkey. On front So before we get into the next topic. The coffee cup killer. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. They're making another one, eh, by the way. Really? Yeah. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence would be good. The first two were really good. Nice. Yeah, man. Anyways, I said earlier in the program, the program, program. that uh, episode 20 was going to be a Rick and Morty Morty episode. episode. Can't take that back now, motherfucker. No, I'm not taking it back. But I'm asking, what should I expect when I watch Rick and Morty? Just give me a brief, without giving away too much spoilers, just give me a brief synopsis if you will hater what i imagine it as is it's you but if you are a mad scientist and you had a minion grandson i will soon you know what i mean by the way i'm going to have a grandson so yeah soon i will have a grandson minion anyways go ahead and you go through the universe and do galactic adventures with my grandson yeah that you think is a piece of shit and they have fun field adventures I guess. Well, you watch the damn thing. Oh, I do. But yeah, they have fun-filled adventures, but some of them get serious. Like, what do you mean serious? Like, like 
real. Like, I get it. It gets real. Real fast. And you gotta watch the episode like four times and you're like, holy shit. So, in your opinion, will I like Rick and Morty? Oh, yeah. Well, we're gonna find out, folks. Uh, so, before we get on to this next topic, I'm going to smoke a bong. So keep, pack one too. so keep the listeners entertained for a minute. There's an official at work. Like a manager? Like, what are you talking official? I would say he's more like a delivery guy. But he's at work, and uh, he, he'll bring us gifts. And uh, he's got some pretty good weed. Like, I gave you some. So I was smoking extortion weed? Is that what you're saying? You could say it's that, yeah. Busts up nice and big. You see the crystal on it when you look at it in the light. Makes you want to cream in your pants a little bit when you smoke it. Nice. Nice, because... That's what you want when you're smoking weed. Yeah. If your pants ain't wet after you smoke, like, two bongs, there's an issue, right? If you say so. Okay, then. Oh! By the way, since we're uh, waiting and we're just talking bullshit for a few minutes here, I went to my local toy shop today, and I got this cool black knight uh, from the Marvel... uh, series that i've been collecting the legend series he looks pretty cool people don't know the black knight was a member of the avengers back in the day he's got some nice detail maybe i'll take a picture of it and we'll put it on uh, our facebook page but he's pretty cool and uh yeah and i picked up an old school uh batman adam west uh, out of the cheap bin so i felt pretty good today what I rescued another toy. So, is everybody ready for Christmas? You know, believe it or not, I'm the majority of my shit is already done, surprisingly enough. It's honestly surprising that you even buy gifts, hater. What do you mean? I'm surprised you don't just, like, I got a lump of coal in my stocking, go fuck yourself. Why would I give you gifts? See, but that's, I'm a hater, but I'm a giver every once in a while, you know? So, yeah, maybe I'll uh, put a picture of that figurine on the line because he's pretty cool. So, hater. Yes. I'm pretty pumped for that quiz. I feel like we'll get some responses. I hope so. Like, I just want to do... But nobody cheat. That's the thing. Right. We'll know if you cheat because obviously you'll have every answer correct. You know, you start out the first question. It'll be basically generally pretty easy. You know, even if you're not sure, you can make a pretty good educated guess. And then you just go up the levels. Like, kind of like, who wants to be a millionaire? That show, remember that? Where each question got a little harder? Only here you don't have a lifeline in that. Well, I guess you do if you uh, ask your friends this question. Maybe one of them might know the answer. But I'm hoping we get uh, good feedback from it. Could be fun. We're not all about hate here. We like to have a little bit of fun. So, yeah, that's kind of the idea of the quiz. And then uh, each week, following week, I will give the answers to the quiz from the week before. So you have a week to stew about it and ask all your friends. And I'm going to explain what just happened. But Budman's lucky that uh, I'm high and (coughs) that's his one get-out-of-jail-free pass. As they say, because he forgot to use the fucking smoke buddy. So no, it isn't. So man, that's a crime here in the studio. Let's get into jail versus prison. Have you ever been to jail or prison? I'm hoping I never go. (coughs) You know, speaking (coughs) of jail and prison, 
I wanted to bring it up and I can't wait any longer. Do you remember on A&E, uh, that fucking show where they had the kids and they were like scared fucking straight, <laughs> I think it was called? <coughs> yeah. But yeah, do you remember that? That was an awesome fucking show, but I guess now, even now, it's too hard. Oh, you couldn't have that now. A fucking, like, there's one episode where they shoot beanbags at the walls for one of the prisoners, and, uh, it was right near one of the kids, and fucking, man, you'd fucking, those kids' parents, like, he was in danger, he's my little cupcake. <laughs> These are the same kids as soon as they get out. They'll be like, I'm okay, gonna go mommy. rob a convenience store. Okay, mommy. And then they'll go out and be Thug like, okay. Life. Okay, brothers. We're gonna Thug go. Life. We're gonna rob this convenience store. Get on the ground, you motherfuckers! Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it's a revolving door. For sure. Especially, like, prison. <coughs> or even jail. You know, people get comfortable in that setting, man. As fucked up as it is. They can't function in the real world anymore after a while. It creates lifers, man. That's the system. It's, it's a hardcore up. system. So, jail is referred to as the clink. <laughs> the clink! Where prison is referred to as a big house. Yeah, you remember watching any uh, old school mob movie? That's what they always say. You don't want to go to the big house. Yep. Yeah, that's where all the brutal rapes and shit take place. Jails are usually smaller facilities. Typically run by local governments, supervised by county sheriff's department, and people that have been charged with minor offenses or a misdemeanor. Well, the big difference, right, is jail, right? You're for basically your white-collar criminals, you know, your robbers, your fucking guys that do assault, that kind of thing. Prison is made for your hardcore motherfuckers, like your killers. Yeah. That kind of shit, right? One is federal, one's provincial, basically. Jail's got At least shorter in Canada. sentences. Can also be used to hold prisoners that are awaiting trial. Jail offers work release programs like boot camps, educational programs, substance abuse, support groups, prison. Well, I could say we've seen Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. It's people that are convicted for felonies and run by the state or a federal government. Yeah, man, and they're usually the worst of the worst. And the there's two types of prisons. State prisons and federal prisons. Or at least the United States. Right. right. there. Right here, it's provincial prisons. But and, state or, prisons hold individuals who break state laws and are more dangerous because they hold more diverse pool of criminals. And the federal prisons hold people who break federal laws. Yep. Do you know what rights they have? No fucking clue. Basically, when you go to prison, even jail, basically. To suck dick. <laughs> no, but basically, every inmate has the right to be free under, uh, you know, th under the act, if you will, in the states or whatever fucking thing we have here to cover it. But basically, it's the same thing where... It pretty much comes down to what would be considered cruel and inhumane treatment. That's basically really the only right they have. Other than that, they have the right to be told when to piss, shit, eat, sleep. Shut like, the fuck that's up. the price yeah. you pay for fucking prison. So, if you go, if you're thinking about committing a crime, which you shouldn't be, but if God, you know, if you're thinking about committing a crime, jail is the best place to go. And in order to go to jail, you need a misdemeanor. Not saying that you should plan for failure, guys. Well, you always plan for success. Go but on. 
and misdemeanors are petty thefts, prostitution, <laughs> simple assaults, trespassing, vandalism, reckless driving. And then prison, this is a no-no. These are felonies. Assault with a deadly weapon, grand theft, Sex rape, crimes. Murder. murder, sodomies, beheadings, yeah. Yeah. The worst of the worst, for sure. And those motherfuckers, most of them don't get out. Most of them go to high max. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sex crimes, depending what it is, but basically are pretty much the worst of the worst if you go to prison and you're a diddler. Oh, prison, there's solitary fucked. confinement, you're too. You're fucked. Imagine, like... No, that's why they have to have that, confinement. right? They don't even need to give you your uh, hour a day of fucking exercise, which isn't... An exercise. You're in like a cage that's literally a couple paces fucking wide. By a couple paces wide. And that's your exercise. You stand in there. Get some fresh air, I guess. That's fucked up. Yeah, depending on your crime. Well, that's solitary confinement. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you know what the basic responsibilities are of a jail? To keep the inmates in? Well, yeah, but they're also rehabilitate well basically they you know they have the freedom from cruel and unusual punishment you know just like uh basically a jail same as a prison no raping inmates basically you know there's laws passed so they can get the basic health care treatment that they need because they're still human beings so any jail or prison has to have adequate health care under whatever federal law that that place facility might be you know wherever it is in the states or or in a province here in canada right they have uh, and in that obligation right that also includes your mental health so you know if you're twisted or whatever well they pay for you to have a cheap fucking shrink well i'm sure they're not cheap because i'm sure they get paid good money obviously the conditions of jail you know they have to be bad but they can't be to the point where you know what yeah you're pissing in the corner and then sleeping in it like medieval (laughs) times you know and you have a right to get access to to courts to complain about whatever you're going to complain about but if you've seen the one movie, Let's Go to Prison, yeah, it's, it's not probably a not a good idea. One of the best scenes in that movie, I might add, is the part where uh, the warden explains what they can do with the complaints when they first get there. Oh, I will. Take this envelope and stick it up your ass. If you have a complaint, you can take that envelope and shove it up your ass. That's great, right? You know, and and obviously that, you know, the courts have to provide my favorite prison a lawyer for them, right, at any given time, which a lot of people probably don't know about, but that's that's a true fact. My favorite prison clip, though, from any show has got to be, put that Kool-Aid on your lips, bitch. Oh, yeah. From, Ice Mike. Uh, yeah, that kid that was thought he was all tough. Yeah, he beat Beyond Scared up. Straight, yeah. that's what it was called, that fucking show. And the kid was all hardcore until fucking the Kool-Aid incident. And then the buddy going, he had a fucking sweet tooth for white chocolate because the kid was white. Yeah, I had yeah. to see it, but it's fantastic. He's got a sweet tooth tonight. I hope you found that clip. Oh, I did. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, you like fighting? Want you to hold this for me. Here, hold this. This Kool-Aid. We put this on bitches like you. You're gonna be my bitch. Open that mother up. 
your lips. Now stick your hand in that Kool-Aid. Just stick it in there. Now take your finger and just do this to the bottom one. Come here. Now I kiss you, you orange flavor mother <laughs> And it ain't personal with you either because you white. That's quality TV, man. Nowadays, you couldn't do that. You know, I I wonder how much that program actually worked. Because some of those kids, man, in that show were scared shitless by oh, the yeah. end of it. They were crying. They were like, I'm not hard as fuck. That was a great fucking show, though. I used to watch it all the time, man. It was on A&E. That's when A&E was still fucking good. You'd see all good. these, like, stories about the kids, like, oh, I rob motherfuckers all the time. I barely speak English. This and that motherfucker. And then it's like, by the end, they're like, I hate my life. I feel horrible. I feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're good to the grandmother that yeah. they used to beat. There's always the one rotten rebel that's like, I'll see you motherfuckers in five years. And then they get out of there and they're like, yeah, I'm still hard as fuck. I'm still on crack. That guy rubbing the Kool-Aid on my lips didn't mean anything. When I get there, I'm going to rub my Kool-Aid on his lips. <laughs> I don't know, man. That kid was pretty terrified by the end of that shit. Yeah, yeah. And probably not that kid, but you get the point. You know what, though? Hey, if it works, why not? If it gets one less criminal off the street, potential criminal. That was fuck. fucking hilarious, though. Yeah, man. What do you think of those prison shows that are on TV, like... I don't know, Orange is the New Black is, it's slow, but once it get going, it's, it's alright. I know, everybody keeps telling me you should watch it, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't think you'd like it, Hater. I don't know, man. You in particular, I don't think you'd like Not it. Not unless there's a lot of lesbo action. There's some lesbo action, you could see some side titty and shit, but, uh, uh. it's nothing, <laughs> nothing that great, it's not anything like, you know... What's it called there? Jailbait. Uh, jailbait. <laughs> Look up, people. People, if you want to see some just ridiculous smut. Go on Netflix yeah. and look up Jailbait. <laughs> yeah. I'm not 100% sure if it's still on there. It's funny, too. Kind of. I don't know. Yeah, I watched moments. it a long time, but it's really got its moments where you're like, and she's raped. And you're like, oh my god! Again and again. Again. <laughs> it's one of those like, holy shit. Uh, you know what, though? It's still not as bad as one motherfucker we know. Let me tell you something. This is a legit statement. If you have never watched the movie Bad Taste. Oh, my don't God. Ever, don't. don't ever watch it, people, because it's two hours. You'll never get back. And there is a motherfucker in the world, and he knows who he is. That owes me two hours because made me sit through bad fucking taste. What an asshole. And for those people that don't know what bad taste is, you know the guy that made Lord of the Rings and shit? He made a B movie. B! It's more like a D movie. Gee, When he best. was in college and it was called Bad Taste and it is... Wow. You know what? If you've ever seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, it's... Hey, man, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is dope. 
I was going to say bad taste is about three floors below it. So what's that tell you about bad taste? That's hardcore. You know what? Fucking killer clowns from outer space, man. That shit gave me nightmares as a child. To paper mache clowns, as yeah. I call them. That's what their faces were, man. Legit paper mache. But you know what? That movie, some people consider that movie like fucking the Evil Dead movies. Like it's some kind of cult classic. Man, I love that movie. Which one? Fucking Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They're both good. I mean, Evil Dead, the trilogy. It's Bruce Campbell, man. Oh, yeah. He's got a TV show on uh, Netflix now. Does he? Yeah, he's got the uh, Walking Dead. Not the Walking Dead, sorry. The Book of the Dead or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Get with the times, bud, man, that's over now. Now he's on Lodge 54 or whatever. Oh. On AMC. Apparently he plays a funny character. It's a somewhat recurring character. Don't ask me how because apparently he has something sticking out of his head. But uh, somehow he's still walking around. I've never seen the show. But uh, yeah. A shout out to the king there. And I don't mean Elvis. Bruce Campbell. The man. With the plan. That's so span. That it's Do you know sick what? and span. Like Slickily Dan. You know, recently I was watching on Deja Vu. To the hater. Shabam. Man with a Plan. When that show was originally on TV, I thought it was dumb. You remember Manhunter? But now, man. uh, Yeah. Yeah, You remember Manhunter? Manhunter was a shit. That was a great show. I remember there was one episode where these two women were being hunted by him and this other guy that was kind of chubby. And at the end of the thing, there was like a truck. And they were both in the bushes, and they both knew that they were both in the bushes. So, like, they, right. the women just ran for the truck. The one fucking chick got lassoed right off the bat. Oh, and hit I think the ground. I remember that. She's like, just keep going. So the chick just keeps bolting, gets in the truck, but the window's, like, rolled down. So the fat fucking chubby guy literally, like, jumps through the window and tries to grab the keys and shit. But she ends up, like, driving away. That fucking original Manhunter, man. That was guy dope. was dope as shit. The old guy. Oh, yeah. He was scary fucking. He was, like, yeah. Remember, he just, I remember, like, there was a time when, like, he was watching a couple contestants go across the stream. But it was, like, almost taking out their legs. And he was, like. He was around distance to save them, but he was like, you know what? They die, they die. He's hardcore. He was like, I'm just going to sit here and watch them. If they die, I've just got to get their bodies, right? It's like Les Stroud. That guy was crazy, too. I would like to see him against Les Stroud. I've been interesting, man. The Manhunter against the fucking man survivors. Versus Batman. What? <laughs> Manhunter versus Martian Batman. Martian Manhunter? No. Oh. Oh, the actual yeah, like Manhunter on a man. horse. Oh, yeah. he get his ass kicked. Or just versus Bruce Wayne. He'd still get his ass kicked. He's Batman. Come on, dude. The horse would be walking along and just drop. Be like, you hit a spore patch five miles back. I've got you now. <laughs> the hunted have become the hunted. Hunted? <laughs> uh, we should make that soul word. Uh, That's great. Hunty, love that. That's fantastic. Yep. The hunty. I don't know. It sounds and like then, it should be on a wildlife he'd show. Start walking, and he'd be like, "Where are you?" And then he'd be like, down on the zipline, like in the movie. Here. And they zip back up. He'd be like, "Ah!" <laughs> oh yeah, spook the horse. 
Yeah, and he travel at night because he's Batman. Man, so make uh, even he, more distance. He get to the finish him. line. Batman be like, "Finally, you are here." Man, you've won. You've won. I swear. That's not the point. See, the Manhunter guy, he was pretty cool, though, for what he did. But, man, you watch that show back in the day, there's so many times, I swear to God, he just taunted the contestants. Like, he just let them run. Keep running, I'm not done toying with you yet. Oh, yeah, there was a couple times, like, they were just starting. He was like, oh, this is a starting spot. Oh, there they are across the ridge. Well... We'll camp now, and we'll go get them in the morning. They ain't getting that far. It's like, what? You can see them, man. They're like, just get on your horse. They're on foot. It's not like they're going to get any further. If you, like, what? See, that's how confident that guy was. Think about that, where he's just like, you know what? Fuck him. I'll know I'll catch him tomorrow. Screw it. <laughs> like, think about that. Or I love when one contestant got caught, and the other one kept going. It's like, I'm going to make it for the other one gonna make it and then at the end they get caught they're like the end like the they have their partner at the end they're waiting like yeah you can do this you can do this the manhunter comes out of the bushes with his fucking horse and a lasso and he's like it's how crazy his horse how quiet it was too in the bush yeah like the fucking horse was as quiet as he was it's like a military military trained fucking horse or some shit I yeah, swear. man, it's fucked up shit. He was cool, though. I don't think that show's on anymore. No. It's too offensive hunting people. Oh, God. You know what? Everything's too offensive. It's probably man. not the case, but that's what I'm assuming. Well, speaking of shit like that. Plus, it did change Manhunter quite a bit. I've been kind of waiting all podcasts to say it. So, you know what? Here it comes. I can't wait any longer. I'm about to talk about a bunch of butthurt bitches and how it relates to the NHL and all this coaching ridiculousness that's going on right now. Lay it. Lay it down. No. No, you didn't say her point. Well, or... it's just because we are probably just recording the whole time. Yeah, probably. And we're gonna fucking edit all of it. Where are we? We're gonna edit all of it. Where are we? Yeah. The moral of the story for jail versus prison, by the way, since we kind of got off topic there, don't go to either one. You know what? Just don't get caught. I guess that's the moral of the story. Do you have anything else to add? Are you just gonna sit there and blankly stare at the fucking computer screen? I'm doing technical things when I stare at the computer screen. (laughs) Really? Like what? I'm making sure our frequencies are attuned to the dBs and all the millimeters and such. Just fucking with me now. I'm a tech man for a reason. So. Do it, do it, do it. I haven't done a rant in a while, because last episode we just did random bullshit. So, but a lot has happened in two weeks, especially in the NHL. There has been a rash of incidences, we'll call it, in the NHL recently. It started with Mike Babcock in Leafland when he got fired after, I might add, the Leafs were on a six-game losing skid. Not that I'm saying anything by it necessarily i'm just giving you the facts now since he's been gone things have come out Kadri, who was 
a player under Babcock in Toronto for a while, was probably the most recent guy to come out and say that sometimes his methods weren't the greatest. You know what? I'm giving you a quote here. Got the shit done. From Kadri himself. I think Babs is a good coach. Babs being Babcock. I just sometimes, well, I just dot dot dot, sometimes his methods, I think, weren't the greatest. That's just the fine line between players and coaches. I think as a coach, you've got to take that responsibility to kind of have your players' backs, and that's when you get the best out of them. The Leafs, as I said, fired Babcock officially on November 20th. And they had just uh, had their sixth straight loss at that point. Now, mind you, there had been, you know, rumblings a week or so before that. If things didn't turn around quick, maybe Babcock's job might have been on the line. But here's the thing. Less than a week later, there was a Toronto Sun reporter, Terry Caution, who, I hope I said that right, who uh, reported that Babcock had shamed a rookie in 2016-17 by asking him to rank his teammates by work ethic and then sharing the list with the team. It was later reported that it was Mitch Marner who was a rookie at the time. Ooh. Also, fucking Chris Chelios and Johan Franzen also came forward recently with unflattering accounts of apparently Babcock's tactics during his tenure with the Detroit Red Wings. Then there's Bill Peters, who was recently let go from the Calgary Flames for an incident that happened 10 years earlier where there was some kind of misconduct and he admitted it and he resigned as coach of the fucking Calgary Flames. Then, here we go again. Here, Here's where my wait, point wait, is wait, starting wait. to come. Hashtag me too NHL. And now, the Chicago Blackhawks are conducting a thorough review of assistant coach Mark Crawford. In the wake of allegations regarding his conduct while he was with the Los Angeles Kings. Apparently, former Kings forward Sean Avery accused Crawford of kicking him during a game while he served as, as you know, head coach more than a decade ago. As Crawford basically was the head coach of the Kings when fucking Avery was playing there. Now, Avery did admit that it was right after he fucked up a drill and dumped the puck into the wrong corner and it landed on basically Crawford's head and cut him for six stitches. So apparently afterwards he kicked him during the game. Whether it was for that or just because Avery has a fucking, you know, uh, reputation of being a bit of a fucking dink. Who knows? But I mean, he even admits that he took it. You know what I mean? I guess he kicked him after too many men on the ice call, according to Avery, that Avery took. But I mean, who fucking knows? Who the fuck cares, man? They make enough money. Here's the thing. It's, basically, it comes down to it. This is becoming a very bad trend in the NHL very quickly. Now, I don't know if the NHL has to fucking turn around and make some, you know, code of conduct for people. But these are the same people in the NHL right now that are crying foul against these coaches who probably 30 or 40 years ago couldn't play in the NHL because they just, quite frankly, be big butthurt bitches. How times have fucking changed in this league and in society. Like, wow, you go way back? 
to the glory days when Toe Blake or Dick Irving were coaches, man. You're talking the late 40s, 50s. They berated motherfuckers left, right, and center in front of the team and public. They didn't give a shit to get whatever they could out of the player. And you know what? The player got paid a lot less. And whether it's right or wrong, put up with it so they could play in the NHL. But the superstars back in that day, they still produced. They still responded. Whether you want to call it fucking degrading mental abuse call it whatever you want my point is times were different then obviously people weren't made of fucking glass and somehow you know after the 50s and 60s in the 70s you know fighting became the thing even with coaches and then you know when a coach would fucking start yapping at a fucking spectator and fucking almost getting a fisticuff fight fuck there's the Boston incident in the 70s when Mike Milbury went up into the fucking stands to beat somebody with their own shoe Damn. during a hockey game. For fuck's sakes. Then the 80s came and kind of went and everything in the 80s was wonky, so whatever. And then the 90s somehow along the way during the 90s. Wow, people's assholes started to get hurt over the stupidest shit. Like, honestly, I'm not sitting here promoting fucking people belittling other people. Like, you're a fucking piece of shit. You don't make that play. Blah, 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 blah. But look, man, at the end of the day, these fucking guys, these hockey players nowadays, it's your fucking job, man, to play the fuck. And, and you know what? If you can't take some fucking criticism and, you know, somebody says something the wrong way and you don't fucking like it, you know, how much do you get paid compared to, you know, the common man who has to sit there and eat shit at his job, most of us, for not even a minute tenth of what they fucking make? I'm sorry, I'm just saying, maybe I don't know the full story on this shit, the personal side of it, what exactly was said to whom and what. But I'm sorry, sounds like to me that people, A, maybe need to get a little thicker skin. You're a goddamn pro athlete. Oh, I know you're still a human being, you still got feelings. But sports, at its very core, it's it's like gladiator games, only without the death. Like, come on, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, absolutely drives me nuts the way the sport is going. If this keeps becoming a trend. What's going to happen is eventually, what are we going to do? Give out participation awards at the NHL? Well, you know what? You participated this year. Good for you. What in the fuck? Think about it. Holy fuck. And technically, this whole coaching thing started with the firing of Don Cherry, technically, because then every other coach on my list just kind of followed in a domino effect. And Don was a coach for the Boston Bruins and the Colorado Rockies back in the day. And I was pretty good at it. So basically, in essence, there's four coaches that apparently said inappropriate things. So far. So but, far. But, but I got to say those this to Franzen and Chris Chelios. You motherfuckers might be sitting there yapping about fucking Mike Babcock 
And oh, what a terrible person he is. You sure liked it though when you won a championship with him though, didn't you? Yeah, then nothing was fucking said, was it? I'm just saying, man. It's, it's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up and I don't like I don't like where it's going, man. Like the coaches all of a sudden gotta walk on eggshells and fucking uh players like they're kids. Come on. They're growing ass men making millions of fucking dollars. I'm not saying they should put up with fucking racist comments or fucking you know, your mama shit. But at the same time, holy fuck, you deal with the goddamn media all the time. Especially if you're really good at fucking playing hockey and no matter what market you're in media they say things man your fucking neighbor probably has an opinion too and if he's honest you probably don't like that all the time either what are you gonna do next what are you gonna call out your neighbor oh he's being a big meanie because i can't take fucking i can't take it anymore because my skin is made of fucking paper (sighs) i don't know I, i don't know i don't know it's a like a he said she said fucking bullshit type thing. Oh, you know more coming out. More players are going to be like, Oh, we lost this game. We're at the end of the NHL series. We, we were one fucking goal short. And our coach fucking yelled at us in the fucking room. We cried. And then we fired him. Uh, uh, it still brings back tears now. Something like that. I'm just saying there's two sides to every story, bitches. And these fucking assholes sure didn't mind these coaches when they were fucking winning, though. No, I could probably go on and on and on about this because this has been chewing on my ass for a while. And it just goes to show you, it comes back to what I was saying. And it goes the same thing right now with society. Everybody's ready to be a butthurt bitch. And sue somebody else or get in somebody else's face over stupid shit. Because now everybody's sensitive and they have fucking feelings. And oh, we're all human beings. Please give me the butt cream. Because now we're all supposed to be fucking. Another thing is, is those NHL players get paid a lot of money. No shit. They can go out and pick up gallons of butt cream if they want. No shit. If they're that offended. I mean, again. I wasn't, you know, privy to what exactly was said, but all I'm saying is there's a two-way street here. There's two sides to every story, man. And I just think it's ridiculous that now fucking guys have to watch their back because, you know, maybe some player in theory, in theory, has a vendetta, man, against another coach. And eventually that coach makes a mistake and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way. How, how how far are we from having, like, the next NHL being, like, drama fucking central where it's like, oh, this player said this about the other player. Oh, oh we scored. Nice. Oh, and then this player said this about the other player. And now we're at this point in the stage of this. and The NHL itself, okay, they're some of the original shit talkers in sports. So, like, at an actual NHL game, if you're sitting down by the benches, the words that you hear hmm if you have virgin ears you better bring earplugs is what i'm saying like and they sm- they they talk smack on the ice to each other don't kid yourselves it's called competitive fucking sports i don't see them fucking crying and fu- well most of the time i don't see them crying and whining when two guys are in the face-off circle and they're chirping about hey you know what i think i saw your wife last night oh yeah Blah, 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 whatever the case may be, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to slap shot there. But my point is, <laughs> my point is, 
There's always chirping going on in sports. What? You could chirp on the ice, but you can't fucking take a chirp fucking when you're off the ice. Behind, which I might say. Here's another thing, which I might say about this shit. Is what happened to, you know, the aspect of what happens behind the dressing room door stays there? Yeah. See? That doesn't happen anymore either. Obviously. So... You know, and again, I just come back to, I find it pretty fucking strange that takes, you know, as an example, it takes fucking, uh, Sean Avery fucking, how many fucking years to all of a sudden come back and say, oh, by the way, Mark Crawford's a big meanie. No, he only did it because, A, the stupid fuck wants some, obviously, some more personal publicity, and B, why bring it up now, man? Oh, yeah. Because that's right. See fucking Bill Peters and Mike Babcock. I got nothing more to say about this. But obviously, as a hockey fan, it pisses me off. And the NHL, at the end of the day, they need to construct some kind of document and guideline. So this silliness fucking stops. It's kind of silly that they have to. Obviously, they can't fucking, uh, you know, they can't enforce themselves. So this is what it's come down to. Sad, but true. Until next week, motherfuckers. So, we have a correction to make at the end of this episode. The show we were referring to earlier was not Manhunter, it was Man Tracker. Oh, and Bruce Campbell isn't on Lodge 54, it's Lodge 49. Although, maybe he is on Lodge 54 somewhere, I I don't fucking know. So, I'm just going to say this, because we're fucking stoners. Uh, At the end of every podcast now, if there's corrections to be made, I will state them at the very end of the show. We'll call it, I don't know, corrections. We're on? Are we on? Are we on? Hey, hey, Budman. I'd say it's the hater, but hello. You're looking right at me. So, you know what? I don't fucking listen to nothing sacred because I fucking do them, but... I guess there are other motherfuckers, at least I've heard, that want to hear our shit. So tell me, how in the fuck can they listen to us? Well, if they want to leave comments for Dr. J's, our relationship expert, they can leave it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And they can even go to our website, nothingsacredpodcast.simplesite.com. It's a simple site. It's easy to get to. And then, if you think our some of our segments, like five fun facts about fun and you have something that you want to learn five that you want to learn five new fun facts about let us know through facebook instagram twitter youtube and our website and and if you look at the news and you see something that you're like that's just blatantly stupid let us know we'll produce it in common sense or lack of and don't forget Check out YouTube for our extra content, such as rants that can't wait, and clips and other things. And as always, Pyaw!